You're right, Tom. I like uh, you're you are looking beautiful today. Handsome, like the sun is shining. You've got a lovely glow about you. I I, I will tell you what has contributed to that. So I usually go to the gym first thing in the morning, but since I had gotten multiple tattoos in the past couple of weeks, um, obviously you're not supposed to go to the gym uh, very soon after you get a tattoo. But I went back this morning. Alarm went off half six straight up. Had all my clothes laid out. Got dressed in the dark. Got my bag. Went went to the gym. Arrived. Was finished by like quarter past eight, and then had a lovely coffee with my girlfriend before she started work. And then I then we both came home and started work. So you know. Really good start to the day gets you glowing. I'm glad to hear that. I did the opposite. I was um, it was fireworks at the university last night, and um, I ha- had lots of booze and no dinner. So I was um, I wasn't hungover this morning, but I was um, I definitely like Ink Ink Master Finale Day. Uh, has yeah, I don't know. It was coming off the back of a of a of a slow and um. And an exhausted week. You weren't tempted to uh, use an electric scooter last night. I was tempted actually, but I thought better. <laughs> I thought better. Yeah, because of it. you knew how angry I would be if we had to reschedule again. Well, Layla, Layla also said this to me. She was like, uh, when she because she was out, um, so I was dead asleep when she got back, and she said to me this morning, "I messaged you till I was on the train home, and you didn't reply, and I thought you must have got a scooter and died." <laughs> uh, keep de- keep death off the roads. Keep death off the roads. Um, yeah, man, Ink Master, right? Like after last week. Oh, also, um, if 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 you haven't already guessed it already, you're listening to Beneath the Skin, the show about the history of everything told through the history of tattooing. We're talking about the finale of Ink Master. We're doing both episodes in one go, so you can get it all in one place, Matt. You seem relieved. I feel like there's a weight off your shoulders. Well, I- yeah, honestly, right? Like last week, we were so miserable uh, and bored by last week's episode that you didn't even want to put our our episode out. Yeah, um, and I I said to you that you had to put it out because you know it's a realistic reflection. Uh, give the people what they want. Like this week, uh, although I do think it was padded, I think we could have done without that being two hours of content and. I want to talk about some things that I thought were a bit weird uh, structurally in um, in the way the episode was put together. But like as a as a tattoo a TV show about tattooing, like I want Ink Master to be like this every week, <laughs> where they where they just do tattoos the whole time. Mad, you're like, going to get you're going to get what you wish for when we start watching uh, series one through thirteen. Um, but, Jesus Christ! Yeah, so like we've come to the end of a of a long road. Yeah, like um, at the time of recording this, uh, the last week's episode will have come out by now, and you can really tell how just tired we were of last week's episode. You know, it was really kind of quite. You know, it was it was really the worst parts of Ink Master all shoved in one episode. But these two episodes are really really good so if you know you have taken a break and you're listening in we who is who is left so we have jason we've anthony we've dj we've bob and gian and angel so we've six competitors left six competitors left um they were this is my first critique of the like 
production of the episode. I think because it was the final, they felt like... I mean, I guess from what I've seen from those flashbacks the previous seasons, they used to do big live finales and everything else. So they're obviously not doing that. And I, I got the sense that they obviously wanted to... Um, ramp up a little bit of the drama i mean it also happens at all all of these shows where when you've got fewer contestants you have to fill the space around the thing that they're actually doing with other stuff and like there was a real the first kind of 20 minutes or so of the first part of the finale was really like unnecessarily aggressive in terms of its attempts to ramp up this drama and, you know, had people kind of posturing and it was all very forced and very fake. And um, as I said, one of the things I've quite enjoyed about Ink Master actually is that they, although there's been moments where the producers clearly wanted to generate some, some drama, some kind of backroom workroom drama, they didn't lean into that too much. And, and in a way that's why I think that this last attempt was even more frustrating to me because there haven't really been, I mean, they've tried very hard, but there haven't really been storylines of like, you know, intercast conflict. And so it just, that first 20 minutes was just felt really tonally a bit weird, like quite aggressive, quite nasty. Um, and I don't think anyone involved really believed it. And it's funny because when I don't know if we're going to do sequentially season one through 13, I feel like that is a commitment that we are, not yet. I need uh, a week willing. off. <laughs> oh no, you're you're getting you're getting a couple of weeks off. We're going to watch something else instead. But if we're going to pick and mix the best seasons or watch them sequentially, like there is some great kind of reality TV moments in some of the earlier seasons of genuine conflict between people, and it isn't like nasty posturing. It's just the case of you have a lot of incredible artists with big egos in a room together. It's going to happen. But yeah, like I, I, it was quite forced. I think it has lost a little bit of the magic of like the big live show finale because you typically would follow the competitors off uh, to do like a tattoo and they'd be in their hometown and kind of a bit of interesting set dressing. Yeah, Whereas this it was just kind of like we don't have the budget. But ironically, I was thinking and I, I was having a bit of. Uh, retrospection if that's a word um, after I finished it and I funnily enough I think this season has actually killed Ink Master better than Oliver Peck doing blackface <laughs> yeah it was really I mean as I said I really love this episode these two episodes and we'll talk about why in detail I guess but as a finale to a season and particularly the very very end and then we'll talk about this when we come to it. But it did feel underwhelming as a finale. And it was a it was really like the the last, you know, the last moments, the last couple of minutes, it just ended really abruptly and like without much fanfare. Like, you know, again, uh, if you watch, I've talked a lot about these other reality shows. Uh, you know, if you compare uh, any of the other big reality shows that we've been talking about of this competition format, there's often a bit of like a bit of fanfare at the end, right? Even in something as sort of quiet and 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 and, uh, and gentle as like Great British Bake Off, they'll have all the old contestants come back and the families will be there. And I mean, maybe this was filmed during COVID, so that maybe was part of the problem. But like, there's a there's a bit of a kind of retrospection about you know like these are the things you've done over the season and there's um 
there's like a little montage thing at the end about what they're doing now. And, you know, like there's, there's a little bit of kind of sense of finale. And actually, I love this because it, it was as a, as a show about tattooing, because actually for the first time, really, they just did lots of tattoos um, and, 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 and the constraints that they were under weren't super egregious and the, the, the master of chaos twists uh, weren't particularly twisty, but yeah, as the finale of a, like however many episodes reality show, it was really weird. It was a really weird, tonally weird program. Don't you think like anticlimactic? And I mean that in sort of a literal way, right? It felt like it kind of came to like a kind of shuddering halt rather than like this big bombast moment where like I'm we're both watching Bake Off at the moment and that kind of build up we're seeing currently in Bake Off of like, you know, you have Sandro, Shabira, Abdul and um Yanush. Yanush, uh, big Yanush, uh, big Yanush come on a uh, come on beneath skin. <laughs> Sandro come on beneath skin. He has lots of tattoos. Um yeah. But it, it just feels like, yeah, if like like it was going to go on for another like three or four episodes and it was just like, no, it's done now. And like I in my uh, <laughs> yeah. in, in my introspection last night when I was thinking about like how this compares to other seasons, I think one of the biggest things that is missing from this is that one, the judges don't have much charisma. Like sure, they are like very, very good artists. They have very little chemistry together. Whereas, no, like when we go, true. when we go back and watch like older seasons, like for better or worse, like Chris Nunez and Oliver Peck are incredible judges and incredible like presenters as well. And like Dave Navarro, for as much of like a weird freak as he is, he is like compelling as the host. Whereas, like I think you can really sum up this entire season of Ink Master as like quite milk toast. Yeah, exactly. And I do they do they always do a two-part finale as well? No, it's it it's usually so usually what happens is the live show finale they will have like a pre-prepared tattoo and then a live tattoo as well as far as I can remember and it's like the judges and the public get the vote on it. Right. I mean, I think because also, right, weirdly, although this also is probably part of this anticlimacticness, um, I did watch them both in, in a sort of single marathon just before coming on air now. Um, and the, f- the first episode has an elimination at the end, so it didn't even need to be a separate episode. Like it was basically, it didn't need to be part of the finale. It, it, it could quite easily have stood in as a separate like, and there was no continuity between the two parts of the finale. Although, as I said, both of them were good in the way they talked, to, you know, in the way they actually showed off tattooing, uh, interestingly. But there was no need for it. They didn't feel like a single coherent two-part finale that was linked. Yeah. I mean, again, production-wise, just weird. But see, I, and I'll talk about this when we start talking about the second episode, but there was, like, as a producer, there was weird things I spotted that indicated the space of time that had elapsed but both between the episodes and also the tattoos that were done in the second episode so let's start talking about the actual tattooing i had joked on twitter that this episode's gonna be like two hours long but i don't think there's actually enough content to justify that i think we what is the first challenge we got the skull picks and it's an elimination challenge elimination challenge and no no nonsense 
flash malarkey, no making of robots or blowing up of gunpowder. We're just going to do some tattoos. Um, and the kind of the challenge here is it's a massive long session, 12 hours, which is too long. It's too long. Uh, I mean, it's nice that they've got, and I think I think it shows actually in the quality of the work. Like they've got enough time in most cases to do the tattoos that they want to do. Um, so in that sense, yeah, a nice long session is good. But like getting asking to you know, tattooing someone for twelve hours is is too many hours, right? Like it's a long session. I think it gives. And I think this is true of some of the things that happen in the second episode as well. I think it gives a slightly misleading picture about what's possible in a standard tattoo shop. Um, there are, again are issues here, like is your tattoo going to be as good done in one 12 hour session than it would be in four, three hour sessions, right? Or two, uh, you know, five hour sessions. Um, yeah, a hundred percent. And like a, uh, sorry, uh, if anyone's listening, I am uh, moisturizing my new tattoo. Um, so a bit of uh, ASMR. Big up Sanaderm. Uh, big up Sanaderm. Um, so one thing that I noticed, one, is that there is not a single man sitting for this 12-hour tattoo. It's all women, which indicates that... Oh, I didn't notice. I didn't even notice that. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, so the challenge is 12-hour uh, leg pieces. Freestyle freestyle leg pieces so they have skull picks and the first thing that's pointed out is oh there's more skulls than competitors so obviously there is a variation of styles that are available to pick from so is there is there a variation of styles i can pick from thomas yes 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 we'll talk (laughs) we'll talk about this but yeah and it it was funny because i was watching it um with sinead my girlfriend and I pointed out that, like, oh, it's all women, you know, definitely a group of men, which, yeah, well, actually, no, um, in the second episode, we'll talk about that, but that maybe it was that women are more open to getting, like, larger pieces on their legs, like, a 12-hour a thigh tattoo is painful, like, I've only Horrible. sat for, like, a couple hours at a time for tattoos on my legs, and... No bueno, so sore. I've got a big tattoo on my thigh that was done in one go. Um, I was much younger. Uh, it were, but that was like six or something hours. Um, and I didn't enjoy that, and certainly wouldn't be able to do it now. Like twelve, no way would I sit for twelve hours uh, anymore. But see, I, if I can remember correctly, I feel like they have actually done a challenge before on a previous season where they had to tattoo older people obviously you have like much more considerations in terms of like the skin is a little bit thinner you know how it will heal you know there might be some sun damage whatever but yeah 12 hours th- leg tattoos so do you have the styles there noted in your I do. notebook i do i mean so also this is blind judge which is what i think is hilarious because uh, they obviously, you know, it, it sort of shows in a way the fact that these are blind judged shows just how narrowing the competition has been. And we've talked about that pretty much every week um, about how for all of that talk at the end in the final judging about versatility, um, really this this competition format perhaps inevitably narrows down the range of tattooing that's possible. Um 
within the show. But they picked, and I, I thought it was also interesting. So they they picked the skull picks with with the styles underneath them, and you would presume, or I would presume, that there was lots of different styles. But two pairs of people got the same style, which is also kind of indicative of how limited the imagination is here. Right? Again, no black work, no dot work, no hands poke, no no traditional. Well, no one pulled traditional, but like, yeah, no, no, no um, hand poking, no, like, you know, uh, very limited. Once again, we had neo-traditional, colour realism, Japanese, and then, uh, which I want to talk about a lot when we come to talk about it. And then two Sur- surrealism. Surreal- surrealism. Yeah, yeah. Um, which... I don't know if if that is a style, and certainly we'll talk about that when it comes to the judging. But those were the ones. So, so Jason, I mean, you can great. So once again, there, right? We've got essentially other than surrealism, the same things we've had in previous episodes. Um, not a lot of not a lot of variation. Uh, and again, as I'm sure we'll talk about it, most of these artists ignore the brief anyway. What um, on Ink Master? They ignore the brief. They do their own style, regardless. Yeah, but and I wish, and this is why I like the back, the back pieces in the second episode because actually it just does let people do good toes. Like you know, stop with the nonsense. Stop trying to create a program that makes people give people shitty toes. Um, so anyway, blind judging, and it's free, free in terms of what they want to do. I was interested, and this is something I I would be interested to know how they like how how they their 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 customers their canvases got assigned like were, was it like hey we're giving you something massive on your leg you get whatever or you want something in this style you'll get it done by whoever picks that style out something in between like that that little bit of like behind the scenes stuff i would have been interested to know yeah 100% and like that that is always, I suppose. Sorry, there's a little bit of jeopardy, right? In like the whole, um, yeah, you know, the sort of standard version of that of like you know, uh, get a kind of gumball tattoo and you get and get what mm. you're given. Like I, I would, I would assume that like you can, in the same way, you can kind of sign up for Big Brother. You're probably you have to fill out a form in terms of like, okay you know, what kind of thing you would like? Are you open? What space do you have free to get done? Um, because no, none of these uh, canvases had any tattoos on their legs uh, from what I could see. Um, so obviously yeah. there's like a criteria of you have to have X amount of space and you have to be able to sit for that long. Yeah, and I think, you know, given that there are sort of really interesting, like, contemporary artworks, like Scott Campbell in particular, who did that piece where you'd stick your arm through uh, a, a hole in a wall and he'd tattoo on you whatever whatever he wanted to do. Like, there's, that's actually quite conceptually interesting and quite kind of, um, there's a lot of jeopardy in that. And there's an extra layer of jeopardy about whether or not your customer's going to like it. I, I, I presume that, this wasn't quite as free as, as open as that. I don't think, you know, and there must've been some conversations happening, um, but I don't know at what stage. And I don't know if there was like more people than showed up and they're like, Hey, here are the designs that the artists have drawn up within their brief. Who wants this one? Who wants that one? I don't know. I, th- I thought that would be interesting, you know, and, and would have actually been an interesting, another layer to the competition. Yeah. Uh, frankly, hundred yeah, percent. 
So who got what, Matt? Tell me who got what. So we got Jason doing neo-traditional, Gian doing surrealism, or let's uh, see what they got as well. So Jason chose for neo-traditional to do a wolf in sheep's clothing. Gian, who got given surrealism, uh, did a kind of neo-traddy lady head thing. Uh, Angel, who got colour realism, um, who <laughs> she declared herself to be too creative to do colour realism. <laughs> Um, uh, did a did a sort of Siamese cat thing, which was uh, well, I'll tell you what I think of it in a minute. Um, Anthony got Japanese, and he did a dragon. DJ got color realism and did a tiger. Hilariously, because um, Angel went, oh, color realism. All it is is people doing pictures of tigers, and then um, <laughs> and then DJ DJ did a tiger. And then Bob did a did a did a Japanese who picked Japanese got got a kind of yo got a yokai a Japanese kind of monster um, demon figure thing. So uh, yeah, that was it. That was it. And twelve hours um, and free choice of, of design. I yeah, I I, I really liked I really liked uh, all of those pieces actually. What now? One thing. One thing I want to talk about before we actually start talking about the tattoos is. So we we do spend a little ta- little bit of time with the tattooists and the canvases while they're getting tattooed, and I just want to point out that one Jason is really fucking disrespectful to the people he's tattooing, and I hate it how ignorant he is. He's like, oh, you know, come on, you know, breed. Like he's just being such a dickhead to someone who is like sitting for twelve hours being tattooed by him, and I yeah. I don't know, you know, I think it was just it really left a bad taste in my mouth, and like. It's it's funny, you know, watching it with my girlfriend because I feel like obviously women have quite a different experience getting tattooed than men, and you know, straight away she was like, "He's so rude." Yeah, and I think I don't know. That's what I mean about the the weird like aggressiveness of the early bit of the episode. It was really obvious that Jason's, you know, if. If they'd let into it properly, like Jason, they would have made Jason like the the proper villain of this series, and they didn't because he's not actually that bad a person. And I think that was probably as much a result of weird editing decisions than it was for any actual um, decision. I mean, the other the other thing, the other the you're just side defending of that, him because you like his coat. You just you just like his coat and how he dresses, just because you're too Willy Wonka dressed and motherfuckers. I don't like how, I don't like how he dresses generally, actually, but I do like did like his coat. Um, the flip side of that, of course, is like Anthony, right? Like Anthony um, comes across just really lovely and sweet and genuine in this episode, and um, you know uh, everyone's very sad to spoiler alert see him go, and like um, yeah, he comes across very very nice. So he they do a really great, you know, they really do a nice a nice edit with him. So. I think yeah, that's, and that's like probably- it's it's a, it's similar to the way Tony was with every one of his canvases throughout his appearance on this season. Like really respectful to the person that's getting tattooed, you know, making them comfortable. I yeah, it could have been the edit, but I I don't know. I just kind of think that like if you're talking like that and the producers leave it in, you know, I think there might be a a, a grain of truth where there's a beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose so. I suppose so. Um, so. Yeah, like I, I don't know. What do you think of them? I thought I thought they were all good. They were all good. I mean, again, it's 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 nice that giving someone enough time to do a to do a good tattoo is. I wish we'd seen more of that on this program. 
Yeah. So I think if we're going to talk about the tattoos, I don't think anyone did a particularly bad tattoo, so we can't really go worst to best. Um, we let's let's start talking maybe about let's talk about Gian's because Gian's I feel like there is <laughs> most talk about. Like once again, Gian, when given a challenge or a spec that is not Neotrad, just does Neotrad. So in the vein of since this is a tattoo history show, Matt, can you give me a little bit of history of surrealism tattooing? Well, um, uh, so yeah, like actually weirdly the surrealists themselves, um, uh, an art movement, which talking about Dadaism. Can- yeah. So Dada well, Dada sort of predates surrealism basically. So Dada arises during world war one, um, particularly as artists are fleeing, occupied Paris and fleeing occupied Berlin uh, or, you know, not even occupied Berlin, German Berlin, Nazi Berlin. And they're ending up in neutral Switzerland um, at the Cabaret Voltaire and making art. Great. (laughs) Fantastic. Making, yeah, making art about, um, about how, you know, how the world is, has gone crazy. And then when those, um, artists and their followers start moving back to Paris and New York and London uh, in that order of importance, I suppose. Uh, that develops into this art style called Surrealism, inspired by largely by the works of Lucian Freud and psycho- psychoanalysts. The idea being uh, that you're doing, you know, that, that somehow um, within your, in this craziness of your dreams and your delusions, um, is some kind of kernel of truth about your 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 uh, your character or your or your um, desires and things like that. And actually, some of the series were really interested in tattooing. So uh, Robert Desnos, who was like one of the real sort of key uh, poets of Parisian surrealism, uh, he was tattooed as was his girlfriend called Yuki uh, Yuki Desnos, a model. They were both tattooed by a guy called. Uh, Leonard Fujita, who was um, a Japanese artist who came to Paris in the twenties, um, and so tattooing was a part of part of his practice. And then um, there's even a story in one of Spider Webb's books, actually, about Salvador Dali uh, famously seeing a guy in New York with his face tattooed with flames, and and Dali kind of bowing down to kiss his feet. I don't know if that's actually true, but but. Um, Spiderweb certainly reports on that. So the Surreals are sort of interested in tattooing, right? They're interested because it can reveal, uh, you know, potentially something about your inner beliefs, but also it's a bit transgressive and a bit sexy. Um, in terms of like surrealism of design um, and surrealism, you know, in most of its forms is either kind of nonsense uh, or automatic. So trying to automatic writing, this idea that you just kind of let your pen wander and see what happens. Um, or it's kind of you know, juxtaposing strange animals. Um, that stuff's been in tattooing for a long time, design-wise. Uh, and there are some really interesting tattooers, including my friend Jack Watts, who now tattoos at Song Blur in Los Angeles, who does a kind of automatic writing-style tattooing. He'll just sort of doodle blindly um, and then figure out what shapes emerge from it and what designs come out of it. So he's really engaged with surrealism as a practice, even in, in, the, in the modern world now what surrealism doesn't mean thomas is mm-hmm. is realism <laughs> surrealism <laughs> and realism are not in any way connected surreal linguistically means you know more than real like above reality 
um, because it's meant to be this kind of transcendent, a, a, a more real, like what you can de- determine from your dreams is more reflective of the reality of your beliefs and your consciousness and uh, your desires than something you actually have conscious access to. So it's 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 actually completely disconnected from realism. And if we think about the famous surrealist painters, so Dali, obviously, Magritte, Max Ernst, um, um, you know, probably uh, you know some of the biggest uh, names that people listening to this may have heard of in the in the European surrealist tradition. None of them painted in a particularly realistic way. Max Ernst did collage as well as painting. Magritte stuff, you know, working on a on a top template set by the Italian artist De Chirico. Um, had you know, it was sort of very illustrative. It basically surrealism and realism have nothing to do with each other. And and army army fucking James, man, army the fucking James strikes like, again. Oh my god, he was like saying, "Oh, I don't." There's not enough realism in this surrealist piece. Like, come on, man, what the fuck are you talking about? It's just embarrassing. Make Matt Lauder a judge on season fourteen. Don't do that. I'm embarrassed. Or season 15. Season 15. Um, look, he's a great, he's an amazing tower, as I've said before, but like he don't know shit about a lot of things. Um, and, and that was just, just embarrassing. Um, like, the t- and, you know, the tattoo, as, as I said, because of this kind of narrowing, right, between new school, neo traditional, illustrative, all these things that are, are overlapping anyway let alone within the kind of limits of ink master as a show um yeah gian did something that hilariously creepy jason called out you know he's like oh has it got birds has it got lady head (laughs) (laughs) um has it got leaves but 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 it was it was it was pretty surreal right it was this it was a lady face around a skull and for some reason like army james was like well the skull should be a realistic or the lady face should be realistic. It's like, no, dude, like surrealism and realism are not the same thing. Read a book. Yeah, like in like in terms of like the technicality of the tattoo, it was very well done. Just it's boring. It's Gian doing. Yeah, it was and boring. Like, if you've listened to every episode of this series, like you know that like I really like Gian as an artist, but doing this this late into the competition is just so boring. Yeah. I do appreciate, though. I mean, here's where I think... I do appreciate, because he had 12 hours to do it, it it was a very, very good illustration of exactly like the sort of best version of his style and his work. And I think... Again, I'd love to have seen more of this over the, show, over the series. Like, fewer nonsense flash challenges, which tell us nothing about anything. And actually, some more opportunities for the tattooers to actually do tattoos in a comfortable time frame, in a style that they know... And show off their work rather than being deliberately forced by the format to be bad. And then I suppose next, let's talk about DJs. DJ got uh, color realism. He did a tiger. Just incredible. Like this, this is what, if you want color realism, this is like, I, I don't have more to say about this other than the fact like this is a technically immaculate tattoo composition-wise, incredible color. So, like, I'm a bit harsher on tattoos that don't have, like, really strong and bold outlines. So we're talking, like, stuff like realism, micro-portraits, stuff like that. 
in terms of their longevity as tattoos. Like, even as this tattoo softens over time, it will still be so beautiful. Yeah, it had, I mean, you know, again, there was this kind of insinuation that this is a bit bread and butter for him, but I like that. I like that he was given a chance to do something that he likes doing and did it freaking amazingly. And it had lots of, lots of like black in it, you know? Um, so I think it all, it all set all really nicely. Um, yeah, it was brilliant. I mean, it's not the kind of thing that I'd want tattooed on me, uh, by any means. Um, but it's a phenomenally good, uh, good tattoo. And I think, yeah, like really, really, really liked it. And again, like, I feel really happy for the client who got that because again, in previous, uh, in previous challenges, people have been asked to do color realism who weren't very good at it. And so the work's been bad. I mean, that I suppose theoretically that could have happened here, right? Like someone else could have picked, but it seemed to work out quite well. And, um, yeah, a phenomenal tattoo, nothing much more to say, right? So let's talk about a not so great tattoo the samurai sandwich that Jason did. <laughs> Oh, sorry, Ninja yeah. Sandwich. Ninja, yeah. I mean, too... This was this was a kind of, I think, an illustration of him trying to do too much. We, I think we see in the next series of challenges where he really s- excels. This was, um, yeah, this was just... I, I liked it. I thought it was technically pretty good. It was a bit... It wasn't very readable as a, as a design. Um, yeah, so he did, like, a Neo-Trad wolf in sheep's clothing but the wolf is like wearing samurai armor that's made out of the sheep and the way that the hands are stacked so it's like the um the wolf's head in a traditional samurai helmet and like then the two arms are holding daggers stacked underneath it it just like and i can't i think it might have been ryan ashley that pointed out was like the only way the perspective on that tattoo works is if you're looking at it from the front. Yeah, and I think that they even struggled on the show to get it in the in a good frame, yeah. to get a good yeah. single picture of it, right? Because it yeah, was just I, a bit all over the place. Yeah, it was a bit, you know, five pounds of shit in a two pound, pound bag. Um, but, like, yeah, like... it. Technically, very well applied tattoo, just poor composition. You know, composition is everything, Matt, as we've learned from this we, show. We, we have learned that. Um, so, yeah, then we move on to Angel's tattoo, the Siamese cat. You're a cat person, so I am a cat person that doesn't own a cat, so. I'm not a Siamese cat person. I mean, again, right, like, here's a good example I, of I'm someone. Just, I'm just freaked out by the fact that you have to moisturize them with olive oil. <sighs> I think people have told you that lying, Tom. I think um, I no, think that's I've, just I've, I've seen multiple videos of people like you have to like moisturize your your hairless cat, and that like olive oil is like really good to help like moisturize their skin. I'm I just, just like, think you've I- ended up in a really dark and weird place because of the YouTube algorithm. I don't think that's in any way <laughs> professional advice. Um, Top yeah, ten I tips that, to oil your cat. I thought it was a great. Again, not the kind of tattoo I want on myself. I thought the um, the bits that she added to it, the kind of pixelization, were are going to date it. It's going to look old fashioned very quickly. But again, phenomenally good. It's nice to see again a tattoo with enough time to tattoo well. And like, I really like certainly the cat. At least I thought was was fantastic. Yep. And then we have who do we have left? We have. Bob. Oh, no, we'll talk. We'll talk about uh, Bob last. Um, okay. So next Anthony, we then. have Anthony, 
Anthony on like did a Japanese dragon. He won season seven with the dragon, and as he talks about in uh, this episode or the next episode, he felt like he had something to prove because people said like, "Oh, the dragon was unfinished that he won with," and just cool tattoo just made a couple of poor judgment mistakes. Like it's too dark; it's not really readable. Funnily enough, kind of made the same mistake that Katie made that sent her home. Yeah, there was, I mean, uh, it was interesting because up close, there was loads in that that was lovely. Like the um, the sort of depth that he got in by using shading was, uh, you know, the, the sort of three-dimensional compositional depth was absolutely fantastic. But yeah, from a distance, it was, it was, it was chucked in with all that, all that black uh, around it. And, and it, it just got swallowed up. Um I don't think he needed to do that. I don't think he. Um, I don't think he had to do that. I think he could have given it more room. As I think, as um, one of the judges said, you know, given it room to breathe. That's such a nice spot on the thigh, and and dragons are so great because you can really put them onto and you know make them really work uh, in the space. And he just, yeah, it, it it lost itself a bit. It was lovely up close, but um, didn't really work from a distance. Yeah, you know, it it did lose the readability because of how dark it was. And then we have um and Bob. Oh, we have we have Bob Last. Sorry, uh, Sanaderm is just uh, liking my tweets. Um shout out Sanaderm. Shout <laughs> um, Uh then we have Bob who just did like Bob once again outclassing everyone. Like this tattoo is just incredible. Absolutely wicked. I mean, again, right? Like, it's funny when the judges choose to impose their this is in the style or not rule. Because Bob got Japanese, and it's a Japanese design in a way. It's a Japanese subject. Uh, It's not tattooed, it's not drawn largely in a Japanese way. Um, But that doesn't matter because it's fucking wicked. Like, it's such a good tattoo. It's very Bob. Um. Yeah, like I thought it was absolutely stunning. I'd get that tattooed on me all day long. Um. Yeah, I love it. It's a real nice contemporary twist on all of that stuff. And I, I'm surprised that Army James didn't stop wanging on about rules and shit again. Yeah, like, but like one thing, like Bob has shown consistently over and over and over again that he just has like a masterful handle on color put like putting color solidly in the skin solid line work really good you know just creative mind and like reinventing ideas that say people might have thought of before like his you know the um the uh, mecha yokai mask that he did a couple of weeks ago that once again phenomenal and he's just like constantly really outdone everyone so really innovative really like understands the traditions of tattooing but is willing to push the boundaries a bit um yeah i you know i and and his use of color is incredible yeah and he like honestly he is one of the only people off this current season that i would love to have on this show and just talk to him for like 2 hours about everything he does because like it's been said, you know, a couple of times on the show, it feels like he is carving out a new genre of tattooing and like a new kind of 
stylistic mode and it's just incredible and like if you have can't guess already bob wins this challenge i don't know if why you're listening to this if you haven't watched it but bob is safe <laughs> yeah that see that that's also right again let's talk about that as a as a programming decision because what that means is he doesn't have to do the next challenge right so that means the best tattooer gets to do fewer tattoos which seems weird to me as someone who and, and i really I, I sort of forgotten that that was the prize and when when it came to the end of the next challenge, which Bob wasn't participating in, I was like, "Where's Bob? Have I not? Have I? Oh no, yeah, right. He got a, he got an exemption from this, but like again, it seems like a weird decision in the final. I think that's more because of like the reality format, and that's what happens on other reality shows. So yeah, then we have the next challenge, which is something that we've seen on other seasons of Ink Master, and is like really really good in terms of like. An interesting watch and an exciting challenge. So the next challenge. Oh, sorry, we have um, Anthony goes home. Um, unfortunately, um, he gets sent home because once again, like we talked about, he got tagged on the fact it's too dark and too unreadable. Um, and then you know the next challenge is each of the four finalists who aren't Bob. So that is Angel, Jason, DJ, and Gian all have to design one hour flash. So they have to do. Four consecutive Which tattoos. Which they never call. They never call it Flash, do they? It's just so no, weird. They, yeah, I know. Maybe it's who's trademarked. Lal, have you trademarked Flash? <laughs> yeah, they never. They never call. Maybe because they have the Flash challenge, they don't call this Flash. But like, this is this. I want to see this like every freaking week. This should be what they do in the Flash challenges. Like every week, they should do this. Um, because I, I don't like the fact they had to do f- it all in the same person. But that's, I guess, speed reasons and, and and expense reasons but like there's something really interesting and important i guess for a viewing audience who doesn't know a load about tattooing to see how the same line drawing becomes different tattoos in the hands of different artists like that's such an amazing interesting fascinating thing and i'm really annoyed it took until the final to get it and i'm also really annoyed that it was sort of a a bit too quick 60 minutes is too too short um, I'd like an open time version of that. Tell you this as long as it takes you. But you know, I again, I, look, I, this, I'm a, I'm a, someone who's in tattooing. I don't care about reality TV. So, but yeah, I, I love, I just love this as a, as a thing because it's so, it's really close to how, you know, working tattooers are actually working. It's really slammed in with those of interesting history. The idea as well that like, you know, a couple of the artists do little tricky things with their designs. Like lots of tattoos used to do that. Sailor Jerry famously used to deliberately miss things out or misconnect lines in his flash. And if you bought it, if you paid him money for it, he'd tell you, he'd give you a little cheat sheet. He'd tell you where the mistakes were. If you just half, you know, if you stole, if you stole it or copied it secondhand, um, you may end up doing really bad tattoos. So it's a weird little sort of, you know, um, what do they call it? Mount Weasel. That's what it's called in yeah. um, in phone books. You know about Mount Weasels, Tom? No. So the way that phone book uh, map makers used to stop, because you can't copyright um, information, right? So 
but you can copyright organization of information. So the way that map makers and phone book makers and stuff used to pr- stop uh, competitors copying uh, is they put in a fake or more than one fake place. And if that fake place was in their competitor's product, they know their competitor would have would, would have stolen it from them rather than doing their own work. And that's called a Mount Weasel because one of, I think in one of the places it, like the, it was like a Mr. Mount Weasel or something was the the fake name in the book. So that yeah, so like deliberate mistakes um, in order to kind of protect your intellectual property are called mount weasels. So I like I like that. Thank God I had the I had the foresight to you know copy mark a copyright trademark uh, beneath the skin. Uh, it's trademark to me. I'm very sorry, Matt. I will <laughs> I will get you joint legal status at some stage. I just have to figure out how. The term uh, is from um, a bogus entry in the fourth edition of the New Columbia Encyclopedia from 1975, a fictitious Lillian Virginia Mount Weasel. There we go. Interesting. So yeah, so this is this challenge is each of the four remaining competitors who aren't safe. They have to design a one-hour tattoo, and they each have to tattoo all of the designs. So they have to tattoo all four designs back to back. So. I would assume that like the canvas gets like a break in between, although it's only four hours, it's probably not that bad. So Angel first has this little like eyeball thing that's like on like um it has like petals or leaves. Well so on that on that point about breaks, right? I did notice that in a couple of moments people were looking at other people's tattoos while they were doing them, which didn't seem to be possible if if they were using up the whole hour and they were all tattooing con- consecutively, I'm guessing that probably isn't what happened um, because otherwise how would like, you know, DJ be able to go and Jason be able to go over and yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, look at what so Angel was doing. The way I would assume that it worked is that either they were staggered. So they started at different times to allow the camera crew to move between competitors. Oh, of course. See, they think like a producer. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. I'm at, again, t- telly on the cheap. <laughs> so, yeah, so it was probably they had to move between competitors. So that way it allowed them a certain amount of flexibility. And it also allowed for that reaction shot of the other competitors looking at their tattoos. So they each design a little uh, one hour banger. So Angel does this little eyeball thing with leaves that's on a stem that's meant to be like your ocular nerve. Um, Gian does a, li- a traditional panther's head with the love hearts. Matt, where's the origin of that design? I'm sure you know. Uh, well, the, the not the panther head necessarily, but the the story about the um the the panther in tattooing or the the very very famous like crawling panther is that it uh the most famous version comes from a 1930s children's book, um whose name escapes me off the top of my head, but that was the kind of theory. At least, like I don't think that was the first person ever. You know, that was something that Armand Dietzel was doing. I don't think it was the first ever person who got a panther tattooed on them, but that the very, very famous version of that design with the one claw up, one claw down, uh, comes from um, comes from a, a children's book. There was a brief moment I I, I learned recently that um, uh, there was a sort of trend in the seventies for like ceramic black panthers to be put on on people's televisions, like as a sort of TV top or. Um, TV top ornament. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think like um it was a real like brief trend. Uh if you if you Google image search like Black Panther TV lamp, 
um, you'll see loads of these things. Like you also get lots of weird things about the contemporary Black Panther movie. But yeah, there was a there was a weird weird trend for for Panthers. Uh, on top of television. See, this, this, is, this is the fun things that uh, the onward march of technology has taken away from us. You can't put one of those on a flat screen TV. Exactly, exactly. I'm going to get one and put it on uh, my uh, audio interface that sits on my desk. <laughs> in, in, in addition to all the other tattoo stuff that I have on this wall. Um, yeah, so Gian does like a little uh, panther head with love hearts. Uh, Jason does like this little kind of like uh, Mickey Mouse kind of like rat head. Um, I feel like that's a 90s reference or something that I am not old enough to understand. Well, I and think they call it Ratfink, which it wasn't really Ratfink. Ratfink is that um, sort of Mickey Mouse parody done by Ed Roth in the uh, okay. in the, in the 60s. Um, that Fair. weird little like green looking ratty ass mouse. Like that was a Ed Roth thing. But Jason's wasn't really like I mean it was just a ratty rat. I yeah. I mean they were all they were all wicked. DJ did that like Tengu mask. Um no, notably with uh the strings missing. Yeah, well that was his little mount weasel, right? Like um uh to, to, to see how people would uh would would figure out what they could do. Um yeah, you know, a real kind of classic Japanese design um this like sort of weird dog basically is what they're supposed to be um they're weird little you know they're also sort of yokai basically these weird little demon monstery things um and the masks obviously come from um no theater in the same way as some of those things we looked at looked at a few weeks ago uh yeah really really cool um design and then yeah uh those were the four and i thought yeah, I mean, again, I love. I could have watched. I really wish this was every week. I could have watched this as a con as a concept all day long because it tells you so much about. Like, it's a very real way of putting t- tattooing on television, right? Like, the timescales are are, are are comprehensible. Picking stuff off Flash, the idea that like the same design is going to look super different depending on who's tattooing, both in the line work and the shading and the color choices and its composition, like all of that stuff I fucking loved. And I, as yeah, I'm just so annoyed. It took to the last episode, um, which I mean, I liked all of them. I'd have all of them on me. I, I guess my least favorite of the designs, I suppose, uh, was angels a bit fussy for me. And then maybe Jason's rat, um, but I loved I loved Gian's Panther. I loved the the little Tengu mask. I, I I thought they were all just super super cool. Also, I'd have liked to have seen Bob tattoo all of those as well. Right, this is also why I'm a bit annoyed about the the formatting. Yeah, Bob, come on the show. I will let you tattoo all four of those designs on me. Um, do you have a La Crusette mug? I do. It was a it was a present from uh, Layla. Of course you do. Only La only Crusette. the best things for our Matt. So yeah, yeah. So at the start of this challenge. Angel is notably a little bit kind of off put by it because she says like, you know, I'm competing against people who are very fast tattooers and I'm not a fast tattooer, which, you know, well, fair enough, you know, people work at different speeds. But um, when it got to the critique, she got dinged a couple of times for missing out on details because on her eyeball thing, she was like, oh, if you try and do it in color, you won't have enough time where everyone did it with enough time yeah. in color. Yeah. And yeah. when it came to Gian's Panther, which, you know, 
those tattoos, they require a lot of black. You have to be really consistent to make them not look patchy. She didn't, you know, uh, ink, didn't put ink in like one of the ears. So it just looked like this weird triangle that was sticking out. Um, everyone did little uh, takes on the rat fink. And then DJ obviously had set up a trap for everyone missing the strings. Everyone got the strings, but everyone did them really differently. Yeah, and again, that's interesting, right? And it shows you again how um, how choosing the artist is a really important thing when you're thinking about who's going to tattoo you. Um, and I thought, you know, this is again one of the reasons why I love this so much and why I was so frustrated because Jason freaking nailed this, right? Like, was stunningly good at all of those designs. They, uh, he's not my favorite tattooer stylistically. Um, despite his good coat. But this is a, such a good illustration of of a tattooer's craft, right? Because you're working with a, a limit of the design, but all of the decisions you're making are basically your own, and it shows all kinds of things. Your, your, your knowledge of tattoo history and your colour theory, your technical skill, how well you can shade, how well you can line, how, how well you're you know, picking your, your right needle groupings to do stuff in the most efficient way of time. Like Jason is sort of underwhelmed me a lot this series frequently, but given this chance to like just just do good tattoos, he was way better than I thought he was gonna be. Like he really surprised me. Yeah. So when it comes down to the critiques, we then see who is going home. So. Yeah, well, so Angel Angel went home, I think probably rightly, mainly because of that panther head that she um, didn't finish. Uh, I hope the customer who has got that was allowed, <laughs> was allowed to let her finish it. Um, I, I, I would say 100% either that person has like already gone to another artist to get it filled or has gotten it filled by Angel. Yeah, yeah, I'd hope so. Um, but I thought they were all they were all great. I thought, um, what did I? What was it? What was I critical of? I thought like uh, DJ's version of the eyeball flower was like really wild. I thought like uh, Gian's eyeball flower was really nice and clean. And 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 I wrote the I wrote down oh that was really clean. And then one of the judges said it was. Um, I thought. Yeah, like I don't know. I I really love. I thought Gian did great. Like the 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 panther that DJ did of um of Gian's design was hardcore. Like it was great. I just I thought it was really good, and they were all they were all excellent. Yeah. So with Angel gone home, that is the end of the finale part one, and then we have the finale part two. Hey, are you enjoying the show? If you really like Beneath the Skin and you want to help support us, you can do so on Patreon. For little as five quid a month, you can help make this show possible, help us buy research materials. So if you like the show and you want to support us, consider kicking us a few quid a month and you'll get everything from bonus episodes to Q&As and you can even vote on what tattoo I'll get when we reach a certain subscriber count. Matt, have you got anything to say? You should really definitely uh, fund the Patreon because tattoo history is massive, right? Deep, wide, complicated. We're covering some big hit topics on the main feed, but on the Patreon subscriber-only feed, we'll be getting into some really more 
interesting niche deep topics you don't want to miss out on and honestly the chance to kind of decide what thomas gets on his body is probably just a once in a lifetime opportunity subscribe chuck us a few quid don't miss out on this chance to ruin thomas's body forever Everyone knows that tattoo aftercare is one of the most important steps in getting a new tattoo. We all want our fresh new tattoos to heal as easily and hassle-free as possible so we can show them off to the world. That's why Saniderm's here to help. Driven by science and innovation, Saniderm products have been thoroughly tested and used by doctors and tattoo artists alike for over 10 years. Saniderm brings cutting-edge technology to make your tattoo healing process a breeze. No more messing around with cleaning and plastic every few hours with Saniderm's amazing range of aftercare products. I personally have used Saniderm to heal my tattoos in the past, and they made what used to be a daily process of setting reminders on my phone to clean and rewrap my tattoo into a one-step process. Their medical-grade products include aftercare balms, soaps, and my favourite, their second skin aftercare bandages. Saniderm's tattoo bandages are designed to be waterproof, breathable, and keep your new tattoo protected from whatever the elements can throw at it so you can get on with your day worry-free and confident your new tattoo will look vibrant and will heal faster. Plus, their products are all natural and ethically sourced, so you can take comfort in knowing that you're healing your tattoos with nature's finest ingredients. So next time you're in an artist's chair, why not try Saniderm, healing your tattoos the modern way so you can get on with your day. Check out the link in the description of this episode for discounts on a range of Saniderm products or for more information. Everyone hold on for a second while I have gotten cans of uh, Coke Zero underneath my desk. They are sugar-free and caffeine-free because I don't like having fun. <laughs> I'm also wearing my recording Crocs as well, the ones I got in Aldi. So Matt, feel free to make Crocs. fun of those. You're recording Crocs, Jesus Christ. I wouldn't be surprised if you have some like uh, 100-pound recording moccasins. No, I've got what have I got on? I've got some North Face slippers on today. Uh, there we go. You, uh, you've no idea how hard it is to find this uh, Coke Zero that has no caffeine in it. Why? I once bought that by accident. It can't be that hard. I brought it home for Layla and she was furious with me. I mean, I had a can of Monster at like quarter to seven in the morning and then had a coffee at 12 when I was going to the laundromat. So, you know... Uh, I will not be having more caffeine. But yeah, so we're <laughs> on to we're on to part two, and we have Gian, DJ, Bob, and Jason. Jason. And the challenge is you have twenty four hours, so two twelve hour sessions back to back to do a back piece. Uh, I mean, again, don't do that. Like, do it under f- general anaesthetic. Fucking hell. <laughs> Call back to a previous episode. Um, I think, again, this is frustrating. Don't do not do that. Like, Don't get a back piece in, in 24 hours over two days. Like, You ain't going to get the best back piece possible. Don't get any tattoo over the course of no. two days. Let, let it heal. No. Go back in two weeks' time and get it finished. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have seen people do back pieces uh, like that, but... You know, not not lining it, shading it, and coloring it all in one go. Like doing it segmentedly, um, which means you probably can do stuff. You know, you can you can finish a a chunk of the back piece and then move on to the next bit on the following day, where it's not all you know, it's not all all all, all sore and 
ground up. Yeah, like wh- the um, way I saw someone do it recently is actually so they had like two stencil sheets, so essentially comprised of over four stencil sheets. They did the top two stencil sheets. The person came back in like a month, I think, and then because they saved the bottom part of the stencil, they just lined up the lines on the yeah, bottom piece and exactly. finished it. Yeah. Some of the McDonald's used to do that with multi-session back pieces. There's a great um, famous image of him doing a dragon on a guy's back like that head, neck, and then, you know, finishing it in bits rather than outlining it, shading it and coloring it as a single piece. Um, but yeah, like, so that aside, Again, I'm interested. I'm sort of interested again in in the canvases and how they were found, and because each of the artists got to do what they wanted, which again is is wicked. Really, is great. Again, I, I like that. Uh, you know, the, the time limit is 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 frustrating, but the the fact they're able to do the work they want to do, fantastic. Back pieces are a a big deal. Right, I still haven't got a back piece because they're expensive. I suppose maybe people are getting nice free back pieces if they're getting them on this show. Um, back pieces are expensive, and I it's your, it's your biggest canvas, so you don't want to be getting a bad tattoo there. And also, like you know, I really I really think that they should be something which really sum up you know which you really are really into. And so I I I'd be interested to know what how involved those people getting those back pieces were in the final designs whether they got some input or not um because yeah again like time pressures aside love seeing tattooers doing work they want to do um yeah and like it it it, with back back pieces like you said the importance of them it's got also going to be like one of the few tattoos you can get that you'll never be able to see with your own eyes yeah yeah like so i i do as like someone who I've thought a lot about getting a back piece and like I've had like a couple of ideas I'm not going to get one for a good while but like even the thought of committing to a full scale design that takes up your whole back and like thinking about how long it will take how much it will cost and like the physical endurance of actually because your back is meant to be very very sore like getting the it'll be like the back of your ribs your spine like I have so much respect for the people, the three men or four men that sat for these. But yeah, like really, like a really impressive challenge to set for four artists to give them completely carte blanche to do them. And I think they all have done good jobs. I mean, I think, yeah, again, I think, I think in my, again, I'm not the, um, I'm not the ideal viewer for this program. It's obviously not aimed at me. But I'd like to see do a back piece. Come back in six months. <laughs> right? Like, just let them do a fucking great back piece. Um uh, on a customer in the you know, with time and sh- and we don't need I don't need at least to see them doing it. I I I'm interested in what the final tattoo looks like. Um, and funnily enough, four episodes ago, I remember you shouting down the mic, let them do something like a back piece. So you're really getting your wishes on this final am, episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let them do a back piece. I, I, as I said, I would prefer without the constraints that it had. But yeah, so Gian did this like lady head uh, with a tiger at the top. What um, style did he do it in, Matt? <laughs> Surrealism? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, and it was very it was it was quite monochromatic. It was very like reds, pinks, and blacks. I love really liked it. Um one of the judges said there was a problem with the nose, and I annoyingly when you pause I, I couldn't pa- figure it out. When you pause the Paramount player, it minimizes the thing you're playing, gives you an advert. So I couldn't pause it to stop and look at it properly. And I they also the um the site blocks you taking screenshots too. So I couldn't stop and look at it long enough to figure out what the hell they were talking about. Did you see that? Um, I think it might've been like the small sliver in the nose of like the head part, but I don't know. I think like, it's funny because it's weird seeing the judges actually argue and have input on tattoos for the first proper time. And it's the last episode. Exactly. And I was a bit, you know, again, it came down uh, in the end to uh, Joel fucking Madden having the final vote, right? The casting vote, so to speak. W- weird. Wouldn't happen in other reality shows um, and wouldn't happen if you had four judges. Like, you, if you had three judges, you can't get a tie. That's why Strictly have th- has three judges. Um, also, it was funny that, like, well, it wasn't necessarily funny in that I think it was Gian's canvas that was like convalescing at the end. Yeah. Like 24 hours of tattooing in the space of a day is not good. And then yeah, just just unnecessary. I mean, I think um, so. Yeah. So she ended this 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 new school lady head thing. Just brilliant. Just co nicely. I mean, again, not the kind of thing I'd want to get tattooed on me, but like nicely composed, very readable lovely um dj did this kind of interesting like sort of quasi realistic looking black and gray face with the there's a cartoons bursting out of its head which i liked i thought all the critiques that he got about it being looking a bit lopsided because the top the guy's top right shoulder wasn't was empty i thought was was very legitimate actually i thought compositionally that was a bit weird but a great tattoo um bob did this like uh, kind of mecha dragon thing, which I guess what it reminded me so much of the dragon from the Beyblade logo, and also um uh, Shenron from Dragon Ball Z. Uh, yeah, well, it was it was an, it was a twist on a on a classic. He clearly wasn't happy with it, and I think I think um I understand what he didn't like about it. I think some of the color choices didn't quite work. And certainly again, almost like what happened with Anthony in a slightly different way. It, it, it wasn't able to speak for itself against its backdrop. If you look at really great Japanese or even, you know, not like look at, look at some of the McDonald's dragon back pieces, for example, where there's loads of negative space or look at, look at a big dragon back piece that, that, that um, a Japanese, a, a really, really classic Japanese artist has done. And and they have a lot of breathing room. Uh, and, and I think Bob was understandably trying to do a bit too much in the time. And I think, uh, yeah, suffered for it really. I mean, again, a stunning, stunningly good tattoo that's going to look awesome forever. I'm um, like, you know, the, the, so the design was essentially a dragon made out of china like china like cups and plates yeah and just like so so creative and like once again 
I do think like Bob is probably one of the most exciting artists to come out of Ink Master full stop out of any season. Um, and like, but yeah, you know, I agree with the critiques. I it very much seems like dragons were the downfall of a lot of competitors in this season. Yeah, yeah, and that's interesting, right? Because there's such yeah, Katie, Katie struggled on a dragon. Um, uh, Anthony struggled on a dragon. Yeah, you're right, and I, I, I it's funny because they're such a kind of classic. Um, design, but I guess maybe that's the thing. If you're trying to mess with the classic, and you're you're, you're ending up in trouble, um, yeah. I and then and then creepy Jason, uh, you know, I did a little cheer on your behalf, um, with his when he just just did a wizard. <laughs> yes, when I saw this, I was like, I can't wait to talk about more wizards. Yeah, like kind of a. It looked like the cover of like, you know, a paperback fantasy novel that you would find for like 50 pence. Well, it looked what it looked like. And this is maybe I think what he was going for is it is a tattoo from the 70s. Like it was very old school. It was very much like a yeah, ripped from the kind of horror comics composition done in the 1970s. In the color choices, not so much in the um, in the style. Like it wasn't drawn like a seventies uh, tattoo, but compositionally and in particular, in terms of scale, it was very. It felt very old fashioned. Maybe that's what he was trying to do. I think what happened. What I thought. I mean, I thought it was quite badly composed. Um, way too busy, and I think. Part of what frustrated me about it is he he it was it wasn't super kind of up to date take on a classic, and it wasn't leaning into its kind of you know its reference points by the other direction. It sort of fell between two stools, which let which let it was brilliantly tattooed. Um, don't get me wrong, I thought like some of the again some of the close ups on it were gorgeous, um, but. I think it either could have been more modern stylistically or it could have been more self-consciously 70s, um, like referencing in a very like postmodern way those old 70s things. Um, like there was a guy who tattooed in, in the UK called Ian of Reading, um, who I think he's still around actually, but he was certainly like, he was a big deal in the 70s of doing like big... The man who changed Lal Hardy's life. Yeah, um, and I'm trying to. We had a photo. We had, we had a, a, a one of his designs up in the exhibition that we did, um, of uh, of a of a naval battle. In fact, here it is. Um, I'll send you the link so you can look at it. But this is like this is basically, um, I think where yeah where uh, where creepy Jason went went wrong. But you love wizards. Tell me what you think. I love wizards. I I agree with all of all of the critiques that it got that it was like the colors were beautiful it was so well done but it was just way too busy like it, it did not have like ones oh wow i'm looking at that Ian of reading tattoo it just kind of looked like there was no focal point yeah exactly yeah exactly that um and i think and like, i think and, yeah and like funnily enough i feel like this final challenge has is so illustrative of all of the strengths and weaknesses of these four tattooers. Yes, yes, yes. Throughout yes, this yes, entire yes. season, you have Bob, who is 
incredibly innovative and risk-taking, but sometimes can kind of get ahead of himself and take too much of a risk and kind of forget maybe the some of the basics that he needs to remember. You have Jason who will try and pack every single thing into a tattoo, even if it is the detriment to the tattoo. You have DJ who will do incredible like black and gray realism and color realism but will never will forget the detail in some parts of the composition and then you have Gian who will do incredible stuff in one style yeah I think that's such a good way of, of framing it and again I'd like to have because it was the finale I'd like to have seen it make a bigger deal of that you know to actually have 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 given these artists a, um, a space to um to, to have that conversation about their work and about where they where they'd um, come over the course of the the competition, right? So the first one to be eliminated, unfortunately, is Bob. I think, like we like we said about the critiques, I think all the critiques were fair. I think with more time and a little. Being a little bit more careful, this could have won the entire show. This could have won him like two hundred fifty grand. Yeah, and I think I think you're right. He 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 lost sight of of what he, of what he was what he was doing, and clearly got inside his own head a bit too much. Um, yeah, and so you know, then then they then they old chaos master himself came in to like you know mix things up. It always could be a jury of the peers. And again, like maybe that's a fun idea. Actually, like, they hadn't really done it like last week or a couple of weeks ago, which is not very chaotic. And also, they, they clearly just brought back the other two artists who were like who, who were still there. They hadn't. Anthony quite... absolutely dripped out in that white suit, white yeah. polo neck and chains, and like gold studded shoes. Clearly, he didn't rush home to his child. We still don't know what happened to his child. Um, who who Anthony just left uh, and abandoned. <laughs> but like again, clearly a show really running out of money because they were they couldn't even afford to fly all the other contestants back. You know, again, as happens in loads of other reality shows, I guess it's different in Britain compared to the United States. But like, you know, often in Bake Off or the pottery thing or interior design masters, like you bring back all the other competitors f- from the show to 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 to, to you know, as a little reminder and to be involved and. I actually thought, oh, okay, this is going to be the um, you know, the jury of the pieces. They're going to bring back everybody, and then they didn't bring back anybody. They just brought back, you know, from stage left, brought back Angel from and from a travel lodge around the corner from the studio. We have yeah. Angel and Anthony. Exactly. So yeah, Bob, this is what I mean it, about the whole thing feeling very um, cheap, cheap, apologetic. They, spend and all, the mo- out they of steam. spent all the money on the uh, on the prize money. I suppose so. Actually, I mean, that's probably not a bad point. They spent all the money on the stupid fucking welding robots or whatever, you know, all the bits <laughs> of acrylic to make sculptures out of. I yeah, it 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 in that massive massive like hanger of a studio, having those two and only those two come back again just felt like really like really, like really just anticlimactic, really like a fizzle, not a bang. Mm. Yeah. So then the next person to go down in elimination is Jason. You know, I think too busy, too, like, too complicated, no focal point, an incredibly done tattoo, but he did not have what it takes to be Ink Master. Then it comes down to DJ and Gian. Yeah, and this, again, was an interesting conversation. I'm annoyed that, as I said, 
bloody uh, Joel Madden got a kind of say on the vote. Um, I don't really understand what they were talking about with the nose on the tiger thing. I didn't see it. Uh, I think, I don't know, out of those two, I think I would have picked Gian. I, it is a better done, well, no, not necessarily better done tattoo. It is the better back piece, but the reason Gian did not win Ink Master is because he played it too safe and did Neotrad, which his jury of peers, you know, dinged him with. And it's funny because I love the season that Gian is on first. And it just seems like he was a better artist four years ago when he was on a first when Riot Ashley won. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, again, like much more ambitious, much more varied, like actually took a swing at doing other styles. And yeah, just like cops out. I mean, I suppose, you know, I suppose like this again comes down to something I'm uncomfortable with in this, in the, um, in the, in the design of this program, which is like, do I want a tattoo that's good at every style? Like, is that really what I want from a tattoo artist? And like, some tattoo artists are like that. And 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 also, I can think of a few examples of tattooers who really made their name in one style and then like absolutely transformed and became phenomenal in a different style. And that takes a lot of artistic confidence and a lot of a lot of balls. When people, particularly when customers are coming to you for a style and you say, "No, I don't do that anymore." The 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 the, the person I'm thinking of is um amazing, important. Uh, figure in British tattooing called Joe Harrison. She was tattooing. She really kind of pioneered like a particular kind of new school in Britain, and now basically does like realism stuff and like is is phenomenal and like you know changed the industry. Um, had a very recognisable style that she was very known for, and then took a real risk with her career and, and started doing other things and, and and really pulled it off. So there's definitely scope for tattooers to. Um, to work across styles. But at the same time, like, I don't know if that's what I want from a good tower, really. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I get I get what you mean. I I suppose I just consider it in the conceit of the show that this is a show designed to challenge tattoo artists or tattooists or tattooers, whatever word you want to use, in every a- aspect of tattooing. And that includes doing other styles. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, again, like I feel like if we if we wanted to actually do that, I would like to have seen more specific technical challenges rather than these weird like things that were framed as technical challenges, like composition, and they're not. You know, can you do a whip shade? Can you do a smooth shade? Can you do a line? Can you draw a circle? Can you, um, you know, do a nice solid non non blotchy black uh, tattoo that doesn't you know, that, that heals evenly. Like if I think, I think if that was, again, if that was what we wanted the competition to do, we could have designed the show in a different way to do that. It may not have been as televisually interesting. Um, but I suppose you're right within the conceit of the show, Gian, uh, ultimately, uh, was more, um, was more conservative stylistically. And it is, it's kind of funny at the end because you can tell, how angry Gian is that he lost. You can when Bob goes up to <laughs> you know commiserate with him, he nearly just like turns away and walks away from him. Oh, but I didn't notice that. Matt, Ink Master is dead. Long live Ink Master. Yeah, but didn't didn't that feel weird? Like they just went, oh well done, well done, uh, DJ, you've won. And then it like cut to the and then it just cut to the titles. I was like, what the fuck? Like, is there more? Like 
there was no like yeah there was no recap there was no like fireworks or confetti there was no like hug hugging of you know it was just just sort of ended like really abruptly it was like well yeah DJ, okay dj's won that's it now get out the prosecco get out the champagne yeah i would love to have seen like the customers from the first week come back and show their tattoos healed like a little bit of vox pop of some of the people who'd been tattooed like going, oh, i love getting tattooed by him or some of the like come you know some of the other people that were eliminated oh, i'm really pleased the kind of things that you have on other shows like this um a little a little montage of like you know what happened next or i don't know man like i i it it was for a finale as i said it didn't need to be two parts that was actually two separate episodes and it just like ended so much like the show just ended we are going to end our <laughs> ink master season 14 watch along matt we begun this journey what two months ago two and a half months ago we are now at its end before we embark on another one we have become changed people how has your first experience with ink master changed you as a person and as a historian um well, it sort of vindicated my decision not to really watch this stuff, honestly. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry that we've... I've had a lot of fun watching it, Tom. I really have. But, like, uh, it, I'm not the audience for it. And there's more about it that uh, frustrated me than than, than made, made me really happy. And I, you know, I definitely did learn a few things, actually. But, like, I, I, um, I just want to see good tattooing and so much in this show and maybe so much in all of these shows actually gets in the way of actually doing the thing that i want tattoo television to do um yeah that's i mean that's it really i i didn't i really enjoyed watching it um but i understand i, I don't feel like i've missed out on not watching it in the past you know yeah exactly so thank you very much for listening and watching along with us with season 14 of Ink Master. Our next televisual uh, journey, we have not decided yet. It is Matt's turn rather than mine since I inflicted Ink Master upon him. But if you enjoyed the show and you would like to hear more, we've been Beneath the Skin. You can follow us online at Beneath Skin Pod on Twitter. You can find me online at Got It at Guineas. That's G U Y N E Y S. You can find Matt at Matt Lauder. He has a book out called Painted People, a, st- a history of tattoos in 21 people. Is that the correct subtitle? <laughs> That'll do. It's not, but that's close enough. That's, that's, that's fine. Uh, available on all good bookstores. We have a Patreon where you can get bonus episodes, early episodes. If you subscribe at the £15 tier, we will send you a copy of Matt's book signed with a personal dedication. Thank you so much to everyone that's done that so far. Um, I am waiting for copies. They're being shipped out of a warehouse in Glasgow from my publisher to me. Um, as soon as I get them, I will get them out to you. So we're really, really happy. We have, we've had um, a number of people already subscribe at that £15 tier. People who are subscribing at the lower tiers as well, super grateful, super happy. I think... Um, we're going to have a few weeks, hopefully, just doing a bit more history stuff rather than watching Tattoo TV. But we'll we'll return to Tattoo Television uh, at some point. It's such a pleasure to be able to kind of talk to people about this stuff. And it's nice um, 
both with the book and the podcast to the people who are enjoying it and getting engaged and, and, and being interested so yeah thank you to all of our amazing patrons um, and everyone that's listening to the show thank you very much bye see you later bye Thank you.